This podcast features strong language, adult themes, and violence, and is not recommended for younger listeners. Enjoy! Welcome, my darling, to episode two of the Blood Crow Stories. Max has begun to learn more about the passengers of the SS Utopia, but what is it beginning to teach him about himself? Hey, everyone. Or, um, maybe hello to the possible one other person listening to this. Uh, This is my second episode delving into the personal audio diaries of the people aboard the SS Utopia. Now, last episode, I was introducing you to the group one by one, and I did leave someone out. That's what working until sunrise can do to you. So today, I want to start with Penny. With her wit and her charm, she has a really deep sadness in her that, even still, I wonder if it's her or if it's the ship. I still haven't managed to work through the first month checkup tapes of everyone, so for now, I'll give you Penny's first real entry. I don't even know if this damn thing is on, but it better be. She is here. That bitch, Edith, is here. Lord knows how she could even afford a ticket. Blowing the last of her late husband's money, I'm sure. I should have known if there was a way to be more lazy in life, Edith would do it. I saw her at the dinner show last night. Of course, she sat at my table, too, acting like we're best friends, which, well, I mean we are. But her audacity to act like it. She just walks right up and goes, Oh, Penny, I'm so sorry to hear about Marshall. Now that old Biddy knows good and damn well he's alive. She's just being a bitch because he's not on the boat. Lord, you're going to have to grant me all the patience of Job not to kill her. I am certain the crew would frown on that. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Okay, the rest of the tape, the rest of the tape, sorry. I do wish he was here. Marsha would know what to say to her. She always gets under my skin and he always knows how to calm me right down. Why did he have to be so stupid? Well, I can't wait for him to come to his senses and be on the next dinghy boat out here. I'm going to give him what for when he shows up. Penny is so wonderful. I really do adore her so much. Trying to make sense of all these tapes and when they occur and what's going on can be rather stressful. But at the end of the day, I really wish I had met these people. Hearing their thoughts like this, I feel close to them. When we've done our example therapy sessions, there's not that same closeness. You know, a patient tells you what they want you to know, and sometimes they can outright lie. We don't really call them out on that. We just try to work with what they give us. With these audio diaries, though, it feels like we're getting such a very real and true version of these people. I'm not even sure how to begin my thesis on this. It's such an unusual study. So I'm just taking as many notes as I can and hoping to find inspiration along the way. I saw him. I'm not sure if he saw me. I mean, he was always pretty clear on what would happen if we saw each other in public. Nothing. I put on my best furs at night and he gave me a course and got my girls together and we went up to play cards on the deck. The sunset was gorgeous. Feels weird being under that big dome, but at least that means the wind won't fuck up my hair. I had $20 on that game. And what does he do? He walks by with that face, that perfect face. Oh, I wanted to say hello, even fake introduce myself, just for a reason to hear him say my name again. But he would hate me if I did that. The girls understand, at least. 
Between the five of us, only two are in contact with the man on the boat. The others are just forgotten. At least until they change their minds. Maybe I can borrow from Millie's wig kit tomorrow and try and see him again. Yeah, it makes me sad to hear, but that's the great thing about these tapes. I mean, we'd all be first in line to judge a mistress. Heck, I think there was something new on the radio this morning about what new celebrity was sleeping with his nanny, but in these tapes, it's hard to see Nora like that. She was a woman so hopelessly in love, so in love, and the man she had given herself to didn't even want her to exist. I find that far more relatable personally. <laughs> Speak of the devil. Sort of. Don't repeat I said that. Hey, baby. Hey, hon. I just got out of class. I was going to grab some Chinese food on the way to your apartment if you want. I was thinking fried rice and all the Mongolian beef they have. Oh, uh, yeah. Sounds fantastic. I'm still working on some of the stuff with this podcast thing. I'll try to hurry up and be done by the time you get here. You better. That was my love that used to not give me the time of day. When we met, he was seeing someone else, and all that went south. Then we happened to have a class together. The next year, we got really close. It's been awesome since. I mean, any boyfriend willing to put up with me podcasting until sunrise is a winner. Okay, so, quickly, let's move on to Leo. False farms are such bullshit. I mean, I should love my job, yeah? But it's not the same here. I miss the sun so hot you sweat the second you step out the door. Or the bugs. Oh man, the bugs. You don't know how much you miss something till it's gone. We got a few bugs in the crops, but just helper ones. And I can tell the animals are feeling like me. They've got all the comforts they'll ever need, but they can't just look out across a rolling hill. They can't see the rest of the world. What good is comfort when there's no world? Ugh. I guess that's stupid to say since I'm here, but I'm just trying to make sure there's a world for me and my animals to go back to, you know? They could all get bombed to hell, but when the dust settles, we can start over. That's worth it, right? Oh, I saw a dame the other day painting portraits for people. Maybe I can pay her something to paint some hills and sky on the walls of the farm. I was so excited to learn about the people that this tape really broke my heart. I didn't think about the animals. Yeah, every comfort imaginable. But I guess it's like being in a five-star resort that you can't leave. Eventually, that would drive you crazy, right? Especially if you're a cow with no idea what's going on. But I think what's important about Leo is this sense of nobility in him. Like, he could be whining about missing his favorite foods and things, but instead, he's worried about the animals. And I really like the idea of him having Fiona painting this countryside mural. I know, I know, I know. It could be any other painter on the ship. But... Darling, it's going to be fine. I don't care. I know his type. He's going to act like this kind farm boy, and the next thing you know, he's putting the moves on you. Look, I let you have this silly little hobby because it makes you happy. I'm not going to have you below deck with some farmer letting him ogle you and God knows what else. Darling, you're being unreasonable. You've let me paint nude models a hundred times and nothing has ever happened. Those nude models weren't... Poor? Immigrants? Come on, spit it out what your real problem is. Yes, he's a poor immigrant and taking advantage of you is exactly what their kind does. You're ridiculous, you know that? 
I have half a mind to send you to the ship psychologist. He's a hard-working man, same as you. And without his work, we would starve out here. So you at least need to respect his work and position here. He's really disgusting sometimes. I'm stuck with him, though. I don't want to think about it. I'm going to do that mural, and I don't give a damn what he thinks. I'm going to head down there right now and check the space and start sketching. Oh, shoot. Forgot to turn this off. For as horrible as Fiona's husband is, I really love her defiance of him. And I feel like sometimes we, as a society, see the women from those times and think that because they were so oppressed, that they just seemed weaker. But it is so the opposite of that. Honestly, I think the women on here are extremely badass, and it does challenge my ideals of strength of the individual mind. That's one of the reasons I wanted to cover them and not just Dr. Wiseman. The personalities of the passengers are still relevant and still important to study. <laughs> it just makes me so excited. Oh great, Scott and Ellie just finished the audio files for Dr. Wiseman. Speak of the other devil. <laughs> now, Dr. Wiseman kept his own tapes. It seems he did a tape exchange weekly with the passengers, but only analyzed them monthly. It makes his tapes really confusing to figure out the order. I'm going to download this file for now. So, uh, let me bring up something small, interesting clip from Tommy's file. Um... Is this working right? Oh, hell, I don't know. I hope it is. Um, okay, uh, Dr. Weissman, this is Mary, uh, Tommy's wife. I sort of need your help. Uh, I know I'm not supposed to know about these tapes, but, well, Tommy talks in his sleep, and he kept me up one night going on about it. Uh, but I just wanted to ask if maybe I could talk to you sometime. I wouldn't dream of going into your office myself. Tommy would just think I was being some kind of a nosy thing. I just need to speak with you. I'm used to my husband being gone all day at work, and then he comes home for dinner, some small time together, then bed. Being around him so much is making a problem resurface. Mary, let's go, darling. The Harrisons want to play shuffleboard with us. Shit. Coming, darling. You can't rush me. You know a lady's makeup takes time. Yes, my love. I'll wait for you. Just please find a way to request to see me through Tommy. Thank you. Now, I found this particularly interesting because Tommy, and all of his tapes, some of which are too boring for a podcast, he loves Mary, practically worships her. It's interesting to me that here's apparently a problem between them. So bad that she is seeking out Dr. Wiseman, or... Is it perhaps a secret she's kept? I, I do agree with her that whatever problems do exist between you and someone would be magnified greatly by going from a few hours together a day to every single hour of every single day. And Mary, at least from Tommy's tapes of her, doesn't seem to like going out much. So she resents time with her husband. She doesn't do much to get away from him. It's interesting. Here, Tommy recorded this from during their shuffleboard game. Excellent job, Roger. I'm afraid, though, this next round will be mine. Nice try, Sport. But you're getting ahead of yourself there, as I will clearly be the one to win. Oh, stop it, ladies. You're both pretty. <laughs> Here, Mary, I got us a couple of drinks for making this little game interesting. 
thank you. I normally don't drink. Tommy says it goes straight to my head. Darling, that's the point. Anyway, what's that briefcase thing for? It's Tommy's. It's this wacky new invention he picked up before we left, and he's been insistent upon taking it everywhere. Men and their toys. So, are you and Tommy trying for a little mermaid? What? Oh, come on. Let me have my ocean puns. A baby. Are you two planning to have your first child here on the boat? Oh, absolutely not. Who knows what would happen to them on this boat? Tommy swears they have proper medical facilities here, but I don't know. I want to be on solid land with my doctor that I have chosen, not some random man appointed by the captain or however that works. I guess I can understand that. Oh, but I do hope you change your mind. Little Jack would love a friend. Or maybe a future wife. I'm not even pregnant and you're getting my daughter into an arranged marriage. You have to plan these things early. <laughs> you cheated. I'm not sure how, but you cheated. It's called Skill Boy. <laughs> we can have a rematch tomorrow. For now, I think we could all do with some lunch, eh? Sounds good. Waitress! Waitress! Yes, you, Cindy. Who else? Yes, Mr. Washburn? Hey, doll, I'll have the braised mutton and Mary will have the watercress salad. Roger, you order. It's my treat. Well, thank you, sport. I will have these stuffed mushrooms, and Muriel will have the same as Mary. Thank you. Oh, my dear. Yes, ma'am? Can I please get a glass of red wine? Whichever one you think is best will be fine. Of course. I know just the one. General boring dinner conversation after that. And I know it all seems boring, but it's part of their life. Playing shuffleboard, the food they're eating, the way they relate to each other. It's interesting. And with Mary's secret message... I'm almost looking for some kind of hint of what could be wrong. Everything still seems fine, but maybe that's just the usual attitude of the rich, you know? Put your best front up, never let them see a sweat, etc. But to switch gears from the suspiciously sweet to a more blatant attitude, let me pull up the next entry of our favorite conspiracy theorist. Oh yeah, I saw. They're checking the levels for us. Or, well, our types. What are we going to do? We're not going to do a damn thing, all right? We earned our right to be here, and I'll fight anyone who catches us. These rich folks got no clue what's waiting down here for them. You really think you're going to fight a bunch of cops? They'll throw you off the side before you can even blink. They can't. That's the beauty of it. I went looking around last night. Topside is sealed tight so we can go underwater. There's no way to actually throw us over. Or if there is, it don't exist up there. <laughs> You're crazy if you think they don't have a way to get rid of us. Oh, I think they'll kill us and feed us to the crew. Richie's always going to have fresh meat, you know. They have cows for that. You think a few cows are going to sustain these people long enough? Oh, no, they're looking to get fresh meat somehow. They're not looking first to get rid of us. They're taking count of what's down here as a supply. You're a real sick fuck sometimes, you know that? <laughs> you got there out of my boy you know, after listening to a bunch of Aiden's brief tapes of theories, I kind of agree with his friend. But I guess that's where I need to improve as a psychologist. You can't exactly tell a patient that their fucked up thoughts are fucked up. <laughs> but Dr. Wiseman was the king of hearing these fucked up thoughts and deriving meaning from them. Here, I, I finally got some of his tapes fully edited. Uh, day five. 
the selected group seems to be finding their footing with the recordings. I've passed a few in the dining halls who have told me they're rather enjoying this experiment. <laughs> Hopefully that feeling of comfort will translate into the data they record. Day 7. The first round of tapes were dropped off today, and I gave the group their next round of blank tapes. I will begin to review these for any pertinent information. I have discovered a recording from Mrs. Washburn, taken without her husband's knowledge. She is seeking my counsel. While my purpose in selecting participants was that they are not people electing to be a part of it so as not to have their opinions skewed, I do believe I should reach out to her. As far as I know, I'm the only psychological professional on this ship, and whatever she is hiding from her husband may prove useful to my research. A lot of his tapes are reviewing the information he's listening to and just being very clinical about it. But as I said, his take on Aiden interests me. I find Mr. Manis's opinions of the world to be largely fascinating. He exhibits the classic signs of uh, paranoia, with his thoughts being quite irrational. <laughs> However, paranoia is often sourced in fear or anxieties about the world. I don't think Mr. Manis is afraid. He exhibits no classic signs of fear or anxiety. He simply thinks what he thinks is a fact, that these are the facts of his world, and it's up to him to figure out how to deal with them and um, cope. He seems to be... a case of a pure form of paranoia. I, I, I wish to evaluate him further for this at his monthly check-in and must refrain from interfering despite my need for more information. So now, these days, we know paranoia doesn't have to be based in fear to be actual paranoia. However, what I find so great about Dr. Wiseman's thoughts on it is that he's not trying to jump to the idea of it. He's not quick to diagnose, which I've seen happen, especially with some of my classmates. Aiden clearly needs some assistance, but the Dr. Wiseman is wanting to learn everything possible first and exhaust his other options. He's very clinical in all his tapes. You can't really discern too much about his full thoughts on everyone, at least not in these early tapes. That's probably the line between an accomplished doctor and a student writing a thesis. I almost want the drama and the gossip from his perspective. You know, what does he really think about the people and their thoughts? Is there one of them he doesn't like? Is there one he favors above the others? I really wish I would have got a chance to know him. But I'm getting a bit too sentimental. I need to continue with the tapes. One of the things I'm liking as I'm sorting through these is that sometimes you see the same event through different people and you get totally different opinions. For example, Penny here apparently saw that shuffleboard game and Tommy was playing with special guest star, the infamous Edith. You wanna play next? Good lord, no. I don't have the back for it anymore. You don't have the back for anything anymore. 
I've got a good enough back for that handsome young man playing right there. You are out of your mind. Young men like that have more money than they have common sense. They just think the whole world is theirs because their daddy had a few gold pennies. I mean, bless their hearts, they just don't know any better. But I'd take a curmudgeon old Georgia man any day over some New York boy. That have anything to do with the fact Marshall is from Georgia? Hush your mouth. Watch, young boy is gonna lose and then he's gonna go all tense and get way more polite than he was before. It's so fake, I can't stand it. Just be up front. Like how much I hate you? And how much I hate you. I'd rather eat an oleander flower than behave like those kids do. Oh, I love oleanders. Such a beautiful pink flower. They're poisonous, Edith. Oh. Bless your heart. There is easily a good two minutes of awkward silence after that that's honestly hilarious. But I don't want to waste time on here. I'm trying to keep these episodes shortish. So they're interesting. Also, so I can spend more time on my thesis. I really need to make some major progress with it. I've been sort of neglecting the people I love. So I'm going to try and make this a late night, yes, with mostly writing. Oh, hey, Ellie. Hey, Max. So exciting and probably stressful news. We found entire extra Sasha audio in the archives. Originally, we used your keywords with Dr. Weissman, Utopia, and psychology to find the first 800 hours. Well, people at the archives apparently really need to learn how to use spell check because I misspelled Weissman and wound up with 30 more pages of archives. Tell him how many hours. He's going to shit a brick. Oh, yeah. So there's around 15,000 hours of audio on there. 15,000? Fuck, I'm never gonna finish this thesis and I just got started. I know, right? It's insane. Don't worry, we'll trim it down for you so you don't go too crazy. Fairly certain I'm already there even by doing this. Maybe. Well, we're gonna start working on these immediately, but man, you owe us. I take bourbon as payment. Yeah, bourbon. Okay, well, I'll let you know when we have a batch of them for you. Say hi to the others for us. Bourbon! Bye! Bye. 15,000. Well, good to know I can keep this podcast going long after I totally fail this class because I never finish my thesis. Maybe I can get at least enough out of this to make something cohesive. Oh, but I won't stop doing this podcast. All ten of you that listen would be so disappointed. So, uh, going into the tapes more, I found one that initially I thought the dynamic duo were crazy for sending me. It's a lot of voices going on at once and doesn't make much sense, but true to what I know of them, there was an additional file that said, for funsies, on it. So, while I did listen to the original file, I figured I would listen to the fun one on the show. That's what good podcast hosts do, right? Live reveals? Anyway, okay, here's the original file. And it's from Nora's grouping of tapes. It's gonna drive me nuts one day being down here. You can't get a moment's rest. All the noise and yelling, it's ridiculous. It's like they want to be found out down here. I'm just trying to have something nice to eat in the little dining area here, but these workers act like it's their first day of college. Okay, uh, now the fun one. I don't see 
what the big deal is. They're not going to know. You just keep running around on top like that, and they will know. Fuck them. I got just as much right to be up there. We bought our tickets, so why are we staying down here? I ain't going through this with you again, Dollar. This ain't Queens. We ain't nobody here. I'm somebody everywhere. Yeah, sure you are. But here, they got an itchy trigger finger for our type, so play it cool when you up top. Oh, what, Barry? You going to slap your own sister? I'm five minutes older than you. Don't you start that shit with me. Keep your voice down. Why? None of these types gonna risk telling. When I finish dinner, I'm going back up top. I want to watch that gorgeous lounge singer again. Yeah, yeah, take your fur with you. At least you look half decent. Are those... Are they gangsters? Twin gangsters. <laughs> oh, man, this is rich. I, I don't know why I hadn't thought about it. They could absolutely afford tickets. I guess the question is, why leave a city where you essentially rule it? Oh, that's so fascinating. I wish everyone on this boat had tape recorders. <clears throat> I'm getting way off topic. Maybe I can make some special mini-episodes of random things in the backgrounds of tapes. That could be cool. I mean, I, I really hope they find more of this Darla and Barry, at least. Oh, wh what if they get the tapes in the second round? The doctor said he's giving out six more recorders further down the line to get fresh data. Oh, man, I really hope so. Sorry, everyone, I guess all the lack of sleep has me a bit rambly. I've been spending so many long nights working on this, I think my loved ones are annoyed with me. I missed some research assignment last week, but I was able to bullshit my way to a C on it. I told my professor, though, this thesis will be more than worth it. He seems skeptical, but I really think he's going to have his mind blown. Let's move on, then, to Fiona actually going down to Leo's place. Uh, so, yeah. This is Lucille. She's the main girl. She talks a lot, too. She's beautiful. <laughs> well, Miss Lucille, if you don't mind, may I pet you? She's so soft. I've never been near a cow before. <laughs> well, I'm not that surprised. So, yes. Where did you want me to paint? I need to draw the general shape first so I can figure out what to do with it. Is there a special farm I should paint for them? Oh. Here. Here, this is my farm back in New York. It's not specifically where all of them came from, but it'll make me feel better at least. <laughs> oh, it's really beautiful. Was it just you there? Yeah, my parents left it to me. My brother helped out for a while, but then he got shipped off to war. That's terrible. Nah, what's terrible is I didn't go too. Not fair, he's over there getting shot at while I'm living good. I guess. It's this hole over here I want painted. Uh, pretty much you can use any of the space. No one important comes down here, so you can do whatever you want. Hey now, you're important. Yeah, <laughs> tell that to the people on deck. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm going to go collect eggs from the chickens. Uh, let me know if you need anything. Going okay? Yes, yes, I am really excited. I haven't had a canvas this big before. Oh, glad I can oblige. Uh, you want some iced tea or something? Please, that would be lovely. Thank you. Leo! Here's your tea. <laughs> That's just the engine room. It just does that occasionally. You'll get used to it. Is it weird if I start shipping people from a hundred years ago? Hmm. Oh, hold on, that's the door. Hey, are you out of class already? Yeah, class ended at nine. 
Are you still working on that podcast? Yeah, I uh, I got a bunch of new audio, and there's these gangsters, and it's all really interesting. You know you have to sleep, right? You're going to make us worry about you. Like, no need to worry. It's fine. It's just a bit more than I expected when I started, but it's still looking pretty cool. Maybe I can pay off my student loans with a super famous podcast. Okay, now I know you're tired because you're coming up with dumb ideas. But hey, what do I know? You just better make sure to finish the actual thesis part of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know, I'm going to. This is just really fun. There's a fine line between fun and insanity. You know that, right? Anyways, I'm heading to bed. Night. <sighs> He's probably right. I should finish this one out. Thanks for listening. I'm gonna sort through the mountain and find some really juicy stuff for next time. The Blood Crow Stories is produced by Ellie Collins and Scott Moore. Season 1, The SS Utopia, is written by Ellie Collins. Sound production by Scott Moore. Dr. Wiseman is played by David Benedict. Max is played by Evan Ivey. Tommy Washburn is Judson Ragsdale. Mary Washburn is Laura Hauser. Aidan Manis is Joe Ravenson. Nora is Emily Thomas. Penny Rutherford is Angel Ash. Leo Moretti is Charlie Close. Additional voices provided by Zach Faudo, Audrey Statler, Lindsay Van Pelt, Leif Ballard, Arun Matthew, Daniel Van Heil, Eric Ravenscraft, and Gray Lynn. Subscribe on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice and follow us on Twitter at TBCS Podcast, Instagram at The Blood Crow Stories, and Facebook at facebook.com backslash The Blood Crow Stories. Find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash The Blood Crow Stories to become a patron and receive behind the scenes access, bonus episodes, and monthly chats with cast and crew.